Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to bring God's word to you today. Um, I trust that all of you have been blessed by the sermon series that we've been on for the last five weeks on the man in the mirror. And it has truly been a power pack series. Um, all, I mean, John has taken us through these past five weeks on um, and has released some amazing revelations on sonship, on identity, on glory, on new creation, and also grace. I mean, um, the, the revelation that has been released is, has definitely been transformational, but has also been a breath of fresh air, especially when it comes to understanding grace in a new level. And so um, today... By the grace of God, I'm going to continue on this series, The Man in the Mirror, and I want you to lean in and I want you to listen to this word um, with ears of grace and receive it with hearts of grace, okay? So are you excited for the word? I hope you are because I am, okay? I am. And so um, I, I pray that this word um, will set people free today. I pray that as you hear the word of God, that um, you will experience the grace of God. You'll experience the truth of God's word. And so, Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you're about to do in our lives. I thank you that the word that you're about to release today through me will set people free. And Lord, I just ask that your your glory will continue to manifest in every home. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. And I'm going to read from the NLT version today, and I want to read from verse 15 onwards. Um, and this, what it, this is what it says. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all of creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Verse 21. This includes you, who were once far away from God, who were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And verse 23 says this, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. The title of my message today is The Perfect Image. And I just want us to go back to verse 19 again, and let me read that again for you. 
It says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And this is what I love. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. How amazing is that? Such an amazing word. And I just want to ask, I mean, just before I get into the word, how many of you actually love looking in the mirror? Mm -hmm. How many of you love seeing what you see when you stand in front of the mirror? (laughs) Or should I say, how many of you have learned to love what you see? I know most people uh, might find it hard to stand in front of the mirror because that's all they see. All they see will be flaws and imperfections, but that is not the image that I want you to have in your mind today. In verse 22, it says, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Without a single fault. What a beautiful message of grace. This is a beautiful image of grace. And then, but then it goes on to verse 23 and it says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. We know that the word of God brings life. You know, we know the word of God is life. And we know that when word is released and revelation is released and the truth of his word is released, You know, we hear every Friday. We are hearing truth every week. But it's up to you to continue believing in the truth that you hear every week. It is up to you to continue holding on to it and standing firmly in what you have just received. And so I want to encourage you that whatever you receive today, whatever you hear today, I know you're going to say amen. I know you're going to agree I hope you're going to say amen, and I hope you're going to agree. But I want you to continue doing that throughout the week, that it's not just for today, that this word is proceeding. This word will bring life even after today. That you will, But you need to, as the word says, that you need to continue believing in it. You need to continue believing in the truth of God's word. You need to keep believing in the promises of God that he has released over your life. And, you know, when I think about it, I mean, it's so easy for us to enjoy the Word of God and enjoy a sermon series or enjoy the, the, the message that you hear every week. Um, but as life happens during the week, you know, um, it's hard for you to believe yeah. what you've just received. And, um, and the Word of God is promises. The Word of God is the truth. And so the truth is God loves you. But during the week when, ha- when life happens or, or situations happen and, or things happen and, and come your way, you begin to doubt that Word and you begin to, 
to not see that things are happening the way that you would want to happen. And so you start doubting the word and you start thinking and and, uh, questioning whether God really loves you. But the word today is encouraging us that you need to continue believing in the truth of God's word. No matter what is happening in your life, no matter what situations are happening in your life, you need to continue believing in the word. And the word says that you are blameless. The word says you are holy. The word says that you stand before him without a single fault. Think about this. I mean, we just read it. The God of all creation, the God that created all of heaven and earth, the God that made the things that we can see and even things that we cannot see, that God in all of his fullness was pleased to come and live in Christ. And now that Christ lives in you. That is the perfect image that I want you to have in your mind right now. That God of all creation and Christ both live in you. Holy Spirit is in you. I mean, how amazing is that? You know, you need to look at yourself and it it might be hard for you. I mean, how many of you can actually put your hand on your heart right now and say that you are holy and actually believe it? How many of you can actually say that you are blameless and believe it? How many of you can say that you are without a fault? It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened this morning. The word of God is saying that you are holy, you are blameless, and you stand before him without a single fault. That is Jesus who is in you. The Jesus who is the expressed image of the Father lives in you. He resides in you. And that is the perfect image that I want you to see. Every time you stand in front of the mirror, you're not seeing the flaws, you're not seeing the imperfection, imperfections, but I want you to see Jesus, who is grace and truth. That is the perfect image that I want you to see. In fact, that is the perfect image that I want you to see every time you look at other people. Because they too have the glory of God in them. All of creation has the glory of God in them. And so when we receive the the truth of God's word, when we receive the word of God, it is an opportunity for us to respond to revelation. It is an opportunity for us to respond to revelation. And so I want us today to behold and become that perfect image. Behold and become that perfect image. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That is the perfect image. And I love what Hebrews chapter 1 says Um, In the voice translation, and this is what it says, this is the one who imprinted God's image, shimmering with his glory, sustains all that exists through the power of his word. That is the perfect image. That is Jesus Christ, the express image of the Father. That is who you have inside of you. And so you can stand in front of a mirror 
And, and I, I want you now to know that you are, and I know you've heard this, I, you are a spirit being. And so I want you to listen to this word and I want you to see this perfect image through your spiritual eyes. Because when you do that, you, you go past the flaws, you go past the imperfections and you see Jesus who is grace and truth. That is our purpose, to behold and become. Behold and become. Because grace and truth has taken residence in you, it not only changes the way you look, but it also changes the way you see. It not only changes the way you look, but it also changes the way you see. Grace, such a beautiful gift that we have received. And we have received it without even doing anything. It was a free gift that we have received. And so I want us to live this life knowing that you are free, okay? You are free. You have grace and truth living inside of you. And grace and truth go together. Jesus is grace and truth. Jesus is grace and truth. And grace and truth go together. And every time uh, there is truth, you experience grace. Every time you experience truth, there is grace. And so when you look at your life today, I mean, um, let's take marriages, for example. If you have truth in your marriage you will experience grace in your marriage. Wow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when, I mean, choosing to withhold truth is not love. Choosing to withhold truth from your husband or your wife is not love, it's actually fear. Wow. It's fear. And the word says that truth comes to set you free. Yeah. And so when you have truth in your marriage, and you choose to speak the truth, you will experience grace in your marriage. So amazing, so amazing. I mean, fearing what might happen in your marriage, um, that will stop you from sharing the truth. That is the fear of man. And I want you to be free from that. In fact, when I think about it, I would rather speak the truth in love knowing that that truth will set my husband free, than to withhold truth and then experience struggles and misunderstandings later. You look at an, uh, another area. If you are a business person, if you have truth in the way you run your business, truth, ex uh, grace will be manifested in your business. I mean, that, those are just a couple of areas. I mean, you look at your finances, if you have truth in the way you handle your finances, you'll experience truth in that area. You can just go on and on and on. But I, I, I'm sharing this, and I, I don't want you to feel condemned. I want you to receive it as the word of God that it will set you free, okay? And truth sometimes can be painful, can be painful. But you need to know that the truth of God's word comes to set you free. You know, if we're going to be people who believe in grace, then our lives need to manifest grace. If we're going to be people who talk about grace, then uh, we should be able to manifest grace. We should be able to demonstrate grace through our lives. Otherwise, we'll be no different to the Pharisees who 
were more concerned about the putting on an image just to please man. But there was no true transformation. Pharisees are people who would um, be more concerned about their outward appearance but neglect the state of their hearts. That is not us. That is not us. And so, you know, they, they present themselves as holier than others, as better than others, that know more than others, that do more than others. And everything that they do, they look at other people in a judgmental way. And that is not grace. We are in grace. And that's why I said that when you have grace, when you know that grace and truth is in you, that's what you will behold and that's what you'll become. And it will change the way you not even see yourself, but you also see other people. But that's what the fear of man does. That's what the law does. Fear of man makes you worry about people's opinions. But you need to look within. You need to... Um, people like that would strive to portray an image. But when you're in grace, there's no need to strive. There's no need to try and be somebody. You just be. Because you are caring. You are grace and truth. You have grace and truth in you. And so that's what you will manifest, grace and truth. Okay? And so I, I, I want to say this. A life that does not mirror Jesus, who is grace and truth, is a life that misrepresents him. You are a representation of Jesus. And so wherever you go and whatever you do, the grace and truth in you is what attracts people to you. It's what makes people feel safe around you. It what, what, it's, it's what makes people comfortable around you and they open up to you. And I want to show you that. I want, you to, I want to show you the power of grace and truth and how when it is manifested in your life, it can transform somebody else. And so I want to show you from the Word a story that, that tells us and shows us what happens when grace and truth is man, manifested and it sets people free. It transforms lives. And so I want you to go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And um, this is the story of the Samaritan woman. We, we see in chapter 3 that Jesus was in Judea and he was about to leave with his disciples to go to Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria to, to get to Galilee. And on his way through there, he decides to stop at a well. And this is where the story starts. And I want us to read from verse 4. This is what it says. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy food. I want to just stop there for a moment. 
Now, Samaritan people were a mixed race, okay? And they, they didn't associate themselves with Jews or even Gentiles. And so they were already um, an isolated group of people. And here we have a woman, a Samaritan woman, who decided to isolate herself even from her own people because we, we're reading here that she goes to draw water from this well at noon, noontime. And the, the normal time where people go to draw water from the well is early in the morning or in the evenings. And so as I was reading the story, I was wondering why would a, a lady endure the heat of the day to go and draw water just so that she can avoid the people in her community? There must have been a reason why. I mean, if you think about this, this is probably not the first time that she would go to this well every day to draw water at the same time. And on this particular day, as Jesus is walking through, he decides to rest at the well and she comes there. And she asks him, can I have some water? And when we read on in verse 9, it says, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. We go on to verse 13. Jesus continues to say, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I will give, never, uh, I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I mean, this is... Every, every time you read the word, and I want to encourage you to do this, every time you read the word or a story in the Bible, I want you to picture yourself as one of the characters that you're reading. And so in this story, I want you to imagine that you are the Samaritan woman. And then I want you to imagine that you are Jesus, okay? And so this Samaritan woman um, comes to the well. She was probably tired. She wanted to avoid everyone and all the people in her village. There was a reason why she would go to draw water at that time of the day. It was a safe time for her to go. And here, we, then she meets up with a man. And, I mean, in this story, Jesus broke some Jewish systems and values there because, one, he's a Jew, and he too, he's talking to a Samaritan woman. And so at this well, he's asking this lady for a drink of water. And this lady is surprised. Is surprised. I mean, I can imagine the, the, her life and how people would have looked at her. And here she has a man who is uh, asking her for water. And he goes on to say this. Anyone who drinks... so. She's asked, he's asking her for water, but he ends up giving, offering her living water, okay? And um, so he goes on to say, uh, the water that I give you, when you drink it, you will never thirst again, okay? 
And so her reply to him was, Sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come to get water. I mean, I can... I'm picturing myself as this woman at the well. I mean, he goes her... When she's saying, okay, after he's offering her this living water she decides to respond and say, give me this water so that I don't ha- so I'm not thirsty again and I don't have to come to this well again. And this is what he says to her, go and get your husband. Mm. I mean, that doesn't even relate to what the conversation was. If you, if you can imagine this woman and what she was thinking in her mind, I mean, who are you? A Jew would come to the well, first of all, asking me to give me water, and then you're offering me water, and now you're saying, go get your husband. I mean, it just doesn't relate to anything that they were talking about. But this is what grace and truth does. I mean, this woman goes on. Grace and truth draws truth out without condemning a person. Okay? She goes on to say, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. This, is, this was Jesus' reply to her. Grace and truth. When grace and truth is manifested, there is no condemnation. I mean, this woman, I I can imagine her life, that earlier on in her life, she probably went at the same time as everybody else, early morning or even in the evenings to draw water. But as things in her life changed, her situation changed, maybe it was after the second husband or even after the third husband, she realized that... She needed to separate herself because maybe the people in the village were talking about her situation. And so she felt condemned already by the people in her own community. And so she chose to draw water at this time of the day, endure the heat of the sun, just so that she can avoid the talks, just so she can avoid the rejection, just so she can avoid the condemnation. And here comes Jesus, who is grace and truth, And he speaks the truth and he says, go get your husband. But in presenting grace and truth to her, he was able to draw truth out of her. And she was able to say, you're right, I don't have a husband. And Jesus tells her, you are telling the truth. You are telling the truth. And I mean, Jesus would have known this already. Jesus would have known her story already, but that's not the reason why. I mean, this lady um, would have searched everywhere to be satisfied, to be satisfied. And, and some of us, we would look at our ex- any external things to satisfy us when we forget that the one that satisfies us, the living water yeah. that satisfies us is within us. It's not outside. And so... Jesus, knowing this woman's desire and, 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 and hunger for, to be satisfied, not physically, 
but she was able to offer her something that he knew would satisfy her for all of eternity. And so we'll, we look at how beautiful the story is and how Jesus, I mean, how many of you, if you were in this situation and you were the woman at the well and Jesus, after offering you living water, then telling you, go get your husband, how many of you would actually feel offended by that statement? How many of you would say, okay, come on now. I'm done with this. I don't want to hear any of this. How many of you would avoid the conversation because you have already condemned yourself? You feel condemned by the people that are around you. But when you have grace and truth, there is no condemnation. It only draws the truth out of people. And, I mean, we go on to, let's just jump to verse 28. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Listen to the statement. I mean, she left, first of all, left everything that she came to get. She forgot about the water. She didn't bother about taking it with her, but she ran because she had encountered grace and truth. And so she runs back to the village, to the same people, probably the same people that have con um, condemned her and rejected her for so many years. She ran back to the same people. And this is what she says, come and see a man who knows everything about me, who knows everything about my life, who knows everything about my story, who knows everything that I ever did. Notice that she didn't say, come and meet the man who offered me living water. She said, come and meet the man who told me everything that I ever did. That is a statement of somebody who has already been freed from all that she has been carrying. All the condemnation has been lifted off. That she doesn't care now. She's going to a village to the same people that rejected her, probably isolated herself from. And she's telling them of the good news of the encounter that she had with grace and truth. We'll read on. It says, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. Then we go down to verse 39. This is what it says. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. As I said earlier, this grace and truth sets people free. And this is exactly, this is why I wanted to share this story with you because what this woman experienced was grace and truth. And it set her free from any condemnation that she may have had. And um, I mean, here's Jesus who had offered her living water uh, to satisfy what she was longing for all this time, even though she may not have known it. But this is what she was longing for. She was longing for an experience and an encounter with grace and truth. 
Sadly enough, not many people progress through life because they have become bitter in their situation. And so they go searching for external pleasures to try and satisfy when they forget that the, the living water that sustains them, that gives them life, is what is inside. And that's the image that I want you to remember. That is the perfect image that I want you to have today. That this woman was set free and she decides to go and testify. The goodness of God, when it's revealed through your life, it is revealed because your life will become a testimony of his goodness. And so your life, because you have experienced his goodness and his love, your life now begins to testify of him. It testify of his goodness. You testify of grace and truth that is in you. That is the perfect image that I want you to have. So now this woman, free, she forgets about her water and she runs to the village and shares. And from her encounter, and that's why I said earlier that the grace and truth in your life can transform other people's lives. The experience that you have with Jesus, the experience that you have, a personal experience, a personal encounter with God, with Jesus, who is the express image of the Father, that encounter, that experience can transform other people. And we see it in the story that when this woman experienced Jesus, when this woman encountered Jesus, she runs and she shares the good news with the village. And they decide to sit and listen. They didn't just listen. They said they believed. They believed what he spoke. And that also set them free. How amazing is that? That is so good. This is what, this is what I believe. The law exposes. The law exposes and the law condemns. But grace comforts. Grace protects. And grace covers. The law exposes, the law condemns. The grace of God comforts and the grace of God covers. And I'm reminded of a story, um, a story in Genesis um, about Noah and his sons. Um, in fact, if, if we can just go there, um, and I, I want to read it. It's Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, and I'll read from verse 20. This is what it says. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made, and he became drunk and lay naked in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth, took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. This is a beautiful picture of grace. That Noah, after having a little bit too much to drink, fell asleep naked in his tent. And so his youngest son comes walks in and sees his father laying naked in the tent. 
he immediately turns away and goes and tells the other brothers about what he had just seen. These two brothers decide to come. They didn't look at their father's nakedness, but they decide to take a robe. They put it over their shoulders and they walked backwards so that they could cover their father's nakedness. What a beautiful picture of grace. This is in the Old Testament. Grace demonstrated in the Old Testament by these two sons. And the story goes on, if you read it, that when Noah woke up and realized what had happened, the son that exposed was cursed, but the sons that covered were blessed. And now when you look at the New Testament, Jesus has covered you. Jesus has covered you because of the work on the cross, the finished work of the cross. He has covered you by grace. His grace has covered you. Jesus covers you. And so just like how the sons of Noah chose not to look at their father's nakedness. In fact, when they did that, it, it revealed the truth that their father was not naked anymore. And so when you look at our lives and how we are in grace, who, when Jesus has covered you, yeah. we don't look at your nakedness anymore. Oh. We don't look at the sin anymore because Jesus has covered you with his yeah. precious blood. In fact, he has covered you with clothes of righteousness. Amen. That's what he has done. So beautiful, beautiful. Just how grace comforts, how grace covers, and how grace... Um, protects and that's the life that we have that's the life that we have in Christ that's the life that we have knowing who is inside us that every time we look in the mirror and every time we walk and do life and 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 go about our day you're not just an ordinary person walking around in your city you have the grace of God and every time you go Everywhere you go, people experience grace and truth. People experience grace and truth. People encounter grace and truth through your life. Through your life. You walk away from there. You never know what you have just done, but you have left a mark in somebody's life that will change the course of their life for eternity. Why? Because they have experienced Jesus in you. They have experienced Jesus in you. Grace, the fullness of God's power to receive truth and apply it in your life. So I want to end by reading, going back to the first scripture that I started with. This is Colossians chapter 1 again, and I want to read verse 19 again, and I want to end with that. It says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy 
and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That is the perfect image. That is the perfect image that I encourage you to constantly have in your mind. That Jesus, who is grace and truth, lives in you. Therefore, you are holy. Therefore, you are blameless. Therefore, you can stand before him without any guilt, without any condemnation, and without any fault. I pray that this week you would allow the the grace and truth to manifest through your lives. And just like the Samaritan woman, many people will be impacted. Many people will be blessed. Many people will encounter Jesus through your lives this week. And so I bless you. I say thank you for receiving the word and hearing the word through the ears of grace and through the heart of grace. So I bless you and I just declare long life over you. I declare that this week will be a week of manifesting grace and truth in your life. In Jesus' name, amen.